Oh yes, it is a big Monday episode of Locked on Canes. Thank you for making us your first Miami Hurricanes listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We are finally hitting that sprint. Final week before the spring game. That's this coming Saturday, April 16th. We'll get to see Kane on Kane this coming weekend. In fact, Miami just held their second of three scrimmages in spring football. That happened on Saturday. We'll talk about everything that went down. And yes, my friends, it's becoming a big-time pattern these last couple of months. The Hurricanes get another reinforcement in the transfer portal. This time, they go back to the well for an offensive lineman, and it's a familiar face for Mario Cristobal. Plus, Miami Hurricanes baseball team is streaking. We will talk about them as well. Strap yourselves in. Big episode of Locked on Canes coming up. I am Alex Dono, your host of Locked on Canes, University of Miami alum, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and longtime pregame and postgame host on the Miami Hurricanes radio network. This is a really exciting time of year. Um, I think especially in a year like this, where there's so much extra excitement and anticipation for the 2022 Miami football season. And it also helps basketball just had a great year and the best tournament they've ever had. Baseball is just crushing it out there. They just had a three-game sweep against the number three team in the country. So you just add extra elements of excitement for University of Miami Athletics, but everything's everything that's going on with the football program, I can't remember the last time I see this much hype and I get this many questions about what's going on in spring football. I think for some people in years past, spring football can become kind of an afterthought, but with Tyler Van Dyke... With Mario Cristobal and his staff, everyone's putting this spring period under the microscope. We're at the final sprint before the end of this marathon. Final week of spring practices this week. It's all going to culminate day before Easter this coming Saturday, April 16th. They're going to put the pads on. They're going to travel up to Drive Pink Stadium, formerly known as Lockhart Stadium, which is a venue that's held so many University of Miami spring games over the years up there in Fort Lauderdale. And yeah, we're going to see them going after it against one another. Kane on Kane this coming Saturday, April 16th. And it's extra exciting for a lot of us out there because the two scrimmages that Miami has held so far in spring, including the one this past Saturday, have both been closed to the media and closed to fans. So we rely on Coach Cristobal's feedback. Now, Cristobal strikes me as being a straight shooter, pretty darn honest guy. You go back to what he said about the first scrimmage, and we talked about it last week. First scrimmage belonged to the defense, which is normal this time of year. Defense is usually going to be ahead of the offense when you're several months away from starting the season, okay? Um, Back in the first scrimmage, Cristobal talked about having the referees throw some extra penalty flags just to create different situations. Second scrimmage, I find this to be incredibly encouraging. When Cristobal had his post-scrimmage chat with Don Bailey Jr., former Canes player and Miami Hurricanes color analyst, Mario went out of his way to say, this day belonged to the offense. Scrimmage one belonged to the defense. The offense was able to steal the show in the second scrimmage. I love that. 
And when DBJ asked Cristobal who stood out from the offensive side of the football, first name out of his mouth, shouldn't surprise anyone, he said Tyler Van Dyke first and foremost. <laughs> now, um, based on the way that things are progressing so far in spring football, where Miami's quarterback room is very good and very deep, there's a lot to like about it. They might even, in the coming months, be adding another five-star recruit to that quarterback room. You know, for as much as I like Jake Garcia and for as much as I'm encouraged by the future of Ja'Cory Brown, Tyler Van Dyke is head and shoulders better than these guys. And one of the cool things that Cristobal did mention about this second scrimmage and what made the offense really stand out was sustaining drives. Had drives of 12 plays and 15 plays. Oh, I love that. I love that quite a bit. And it sounded to me uh, like Cristobal saying that Basically, every wide receiver, we'll go through some of them specifically, but they all ate on Saturday. They were all making catches, and he specifically said that Tyler Van Dyke was really spreading the football out well. And I, I think that's important, right? When you have so many talented wide receivers and tight ends like Miami appeared to have, and I know at the receiver room, you did lose your two leading receivers from last year, a couple of seniors who are moving on, hopefully both of them to the National Football League. You've got a void to fill there. When it comes to just the pure talent that's at that position at Miami, you should be able to fill it, especially when you've got a quarterback you know can sling it to them. So everyone's stepping up. Now, out of the receivers stepping up, the name that Coach Cristobal mentioned, and this is a guy who's become a show favorite. We've talked about him so much in our previous six episodes. We will continue to do so. Xavier Restrepo. And what Cristobal said about the X-Man was... Xavier Restrepo really took over, he said. Made some big plays. Um, who's going to be the leading receiver next year? Just in terms of number of catches, I would be shocked if it's not Restrepo. He is going to be very difficult to cover out of the slot. Um, his route running, I think, is getting more polished. You know, he's going to be this decade's version of Braxton Berrios, uh, and he might even have more athletic upside than Barrios did that's unconfirmed but that's my hypothesis and so yeah I think Restrepo is going to be like an uncaged beast this coming season I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch and that wasn't the only name that Cristobal mentioned out of the receiving core Jacoby George Keyshawn Smith had nice catches you know I think that um, most Miami Hurricanes analysts and enthusiasts will agree um, that Restrepo is going to have a big year. But beyond that, I, there seems to be some debate of people wondering, well, who's going to have a better season between Jacoby George and Keyshawn Smith? I, I think I've gone on record thinking Keyshawn Smith was the guy who's going to break out even more. Uh, Jacoby George, though, it seems like he's having at least a slightly better spring than Keyshawn Smith is having. You know, I'm not forgetting about Brashard Smith as well, who could end up being kind of the Debo Samuel of this offense, because I think there are a number of ways you can get that guy involved running the football as well. And uh, a couple of other areas that I, I thought it was very encouraging to hear Cristobal talk about and speak very highly of. The running backs had a good day in the second scrimmage. Thad Franklin, Henry Parrish, those were the first two names he mentioned, and even Cody Brown as well. That Cody Brown had some nice runs. And the guys up front did a really good job, he said, talking about the offensive line. Uh, the protections are getting better. Of course, everybody is learning a new offensive system. That includes new blocking schemes as well. 
And so, yeah, it's definitely encouraging to hear about a good day being had from the offensive line because, you know, the running back core, I think, is even deeper than the wide receiver core. I think the running back room is the deepest part uh, of this Miami Hurricanes football team. And I'm not going to leave this out as well when you talk about the offensive side of the football. Cristobal also said that Elijah Arroyo made some big catches at tight end. And Jaleel Skinner, he said, made a big play near the end of scrimmage. So, yeah, there's going to be competition there as well. You know, Will Mallory, who's been hurt, he's the elder statesman of that tight end room. Uh, Elijah Arroyo, I think, is the guy who could probably break out this year. And then Jaleel Skinner, who's going to be a true freshman, guy who flipped from Alabama to commit to Miami near the last minute there at early National Signing Day. Uh, He could be primed for a breakout as well, even though... He's got the luxury of being able to learn from a couple of studs who were sitting above him there. So all in all, from the offensive side of the football, I think it's fantastic that they were able to bounce back, right? When when the defense takes round one, last week's scrimmage, you go to the corners, the offense had their counterpunch. The offense had their answer in round two. So we're, we're even at a round apiece heading into the spring game this coming Saturday, which everyone's going to be watching. It's going to be on ACC Network. There's going to be a packed house. Could even be, um, I, I don't know what the actual attendance is going to be, but there could even be up to 18,000 people there at Dry Pink Stadium this coming Saturday. And honestly, I, I've been to some spring games over the years that have been sparse crowds. I've been to some that have had really good crowds. Uh, just pure hype for this year's team would not surprise me if it's close to capacity. So we're all going to see for ourselves. We're all going to see with our own eyes just where the offense and defense are relative to one another this coming Saturday. But um, I, I think it's a it's a tremendous sign that the defense clearly wins scrimmage one, and then the offense is able to come back. Uh, it's great for their personal pride. It's great great for the growth and development of that unit. Um, and listen, it wasn't like there was some kind of a big knockout punch, so to speak, offense versus the defense. Because Cristobal did have some complimentary things to say about the defensive side of the football as well. Uh, he hung in there, they said. Um, and he, he threw out this term where Mario said, we've got to be able to create our own juice. What that means is, and we've all watched football for so many years, I truly believe in momentum. And when you have a defense that can give up in the same game or in the same scrimmage in this case, a 15-play touchdown drive, a 12-play touchdown drive, that can be super deflating, right? That takes the wind out of your sails. So when Mario says we've got to be able to create our own juice, he's talking about creating newfound momentum from nowhere. And he says the defense responded well to some of those masterful drives that the offense was running. And he said, big plays cannot deflate us, he said. Now, Mario did say tackling has got to improve. You know, he has really emphasized, like the new culture that Cristobal wants to create. It's not just a mental attitude. Uh, That also has to translate into more physicality on the field. He wants Miami to be tougher. He wants Miami to be more physical, both sides of the football, but especially on defense. Because let's not forget, when we were watching the Miami Hurricanes defense this past season, 2021, um, if you were to take, you know, a shot of some strong liquor every time the play-by-play announcer for whatever Miami game it was said missed tackle when Miami's defense was on the field, 
you were trashed by the second quarter. Like, missed tackling was, it was a plague over Miami's defense this past season, this past couple of seasons. And if you can increase your toughness and your physicality, those, uh, this, those missed tackles cannot happen. And Cristobal did say, specifically, tackling has got to improve. We've got to knock back players. Uh, he was very complimentary of Leonard Taylor, Miami's defensive tackle. Leonard Taylor was a true freshman last year. Um, this is a former five-star recruit. I think this guy, when it comes to just pure talent, one of the most talented players on Miami's football team, period. I think this could be the year that he really steps up and breaks out. Um, I liked hearing uh, what Cristobal said about Jafari Harvey, that he goes 100 miles per hour all the time. So, yeah, I mean, even though the defense got they got beaten, they got bested by the offense in this scrimmage, Cristobal likes some of the fight that they had. Physicality has to improve. But these guys, I think, were able to create some of their own juice, and they were not completely deflated by what was going on. So I thought that was really good. Scrimmage number two in the book, spring game coming up. And when we come back... Let's talk a little transfer portal. Miami gets another reinforcement at the position of greatest need. We'll talk about who's in and what they bring to the table next. I love what Built Bar brings to the table. Guys, uh, I have put a big emphasis for about the past six months on improving my health and improving my nutrition that's not an easy thing to do when you have a sweet tooth. At least that's how I felt before I discovered Built Bar. Built Bar is healthy, nutritious, and guys, they taste so good, you're not going to believe how healthy they are. Have you tried the puffs? Oh, if you haven't, you are missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, guys. They are a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite. They've got some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. That is so good. They're going to become your new favorite, just like they become my favorite. All Built Bars are covered in that 100% real chocolate, including the Puffs. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to Built.com, check out their nutrition chart. You will be blown away. High protein, low cal. High fiber, low carb. Most Built Bars contain, unlike those candy bars that are loaded up with those extra sugars and all that bad stuff, Built Bars contain good stuff. Just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, only 4 net carbs, 17 high pack grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. Built Bar, you can get tastes like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month. These are so good. I just tried these. White chocolate cookies and cream. Yes, they are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it, and it's going to be delicious, and it's always going to be good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, and then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 to get a 15% off on your order. Use code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Locked on Canes is growing every single day. Make sure you're following our Twitter account. 
at Locked On Canes. Very easy to find. If you want to follow my personal Twitter account, I encourage you to do so. I am at Alex Dono, Dono spelled D-O-N-N-O. But you want to watch closely to our social accounts because in the coming days, we're going to be adding our YouTube channel. So not only will you be able to, as you're doing right now, listen to this podcast for free wherever you get your pods. Soon, you can also watch us for free where you get most of your videos, and that's YouTube. So keep an eye out for that as this channel and this space continues to grow every single day. And I absolutely love being part of the Locked On Network. Uh, Everyone's been so great to me so far for the first about week and a half now that I've been with the network. Miami has landed another reinforcement in the transfer portal. And you see really two areas of the field they've been going after hardest, bringing in experienced transfers. It's been the trenches on both sides. Defensive line, Mitchell Agude being uh, the most recent arrival there from UCLA. Offensive line, you've gotten a couple guys out of Oregon. So Mario Cristobal, Alex Mirabal, they are working that connection And the latest transfer coming in, and this is a player who's still a diamond in the rough that can maybe develop into something, and he's coming home. This is a Homestead, Florida native, South Dade. He's coming back to the crib. Jonathan Dennis, offensive guard, although he was primarily in the backup center rotation during his short time at Oregon. He's coming to Miami. He's been in the transfer portal for a little while. I think he'd gone through about the first five practices with the Oregon Ducks in spring before he hit the portal. And he's going to hopefully add some important depth to the offensive line. And, you know, Miami, as I mentioned, they've already gone to the well with Oregon linemen once before, and they're going back to it. Logan Sogopolu was the first to come in. um, And he, you know, depending on the way, you know, fall camp goes, of course, wouldn't surprise me if Sogopolu ends up being potentially a starter at right guard for the Miami Hurricanes. I don't know if uh, Jonathan Dennis is going to land quite as much on his feet as Sogopolu because he's a little bit less proven. So Jonathan Dennis was a four-star offensive line recruit from the class of 2020. He, uh, the, the tail of the tape for him, the measurements are six foot three, 296 pounds. You love that size, whether he ends up settling in a guard position or a center position, uh, you know, didn't really uh, take part too much in Oregon, missed most of last season due to injury. And this is someone, you know, that uh, the previous Oregon coaching staff, which is primarily now at Miami, really thought highly of Dennis. And they, I think the thinking was that coming into this 2022 season, had he stayed in Eugene, could have been part of, let's say, an eight-man offensive line rotation, which is what Cristobal and Mirabal like to use over in Oregon. Um, quite frankly, I'm not sure if they're going to have enough depth at the O-line to have an eight-man rotation. I know they would love to create that here. And so, yeah, maybe Jonathan Dennis could become a rotational piece in Miami. And you like what he had to say. Uh, he made the announcement on his, uh, his various social media channels that he was coming to the Canes. And he said, quote, and so you, you can tell this is a guy who clearly grew up rooting for the University of Miami. We as a team, he said, are tired of people saying, what's wrong with the U? How come the U's not the same no more? I just feel like us hometown kids have that hunger of bringing the team back, he told Inside the U shortly before announcing his commitment. It's kind of that feeling I'm tired of people talking about our hometown like this. And uh, Gabby Urudia from 24-7 Sports is uh, is who published the, the piece with that quote. 
And here's another thing uh, that Jonathan Dennis said after committing to Miami in the portal. He says, I'm stoked to play under Cristobal and Mirabal again. These guys know what they're doing. I, I feel like we're a great fit for each other. We have the same mindset, how we attack every morning, how we attack every practice. I couldn't be more excited to be working with them, he said. Uh, and he's got friends on the team, and he's uh, you know, he's not the, the first guy in the last year plus South Florida native to transfer back home, coming to Miami from other schools. Uh, Frank Ladson from Clemson, the wide receiver who's transferred to Miami. Tyreek Stevenson, last year the defensive back uh, from Georgia who transferred in. Um, he's got other connections at Miami. He said, quote, a lot of people don't really know, but I probably got like eight of my old teammates on that team. He said, Frank Ladson, Tyreek Stevenson, DJ Ivy, Keyshawn Washington, Tyler Johnson to play with those guys again. I can't wait. He said, we did a lot of damage together in high school. I wouldn't want to go to war with anyone else, to be honest with you. He said, so, uh, he had a couple of injuries that sidelined him last year. Didn't play much with Oregon. Um, he's got four years of eligibility, I should mention. So this player, Jonathan Dennis, um, even though it's the second university he's played for, you know, he comes in with uh, as much of a blank slate type future as you can imagine. He's essentially got an entire collegiate career ahead of him. And so, you know, hopefully, hopefully he can find a spot in this rotation because, you know, this player uh, had a great high school career, got very quick feet, very nimble for his size. I think he's going to fit in with sort of the athleticism that they're looking from this particular blocking scheme. And yeah, it's going to be an advantage for him. You know, the same way when we talked about the running back Henry Parrish, who transferred in from Ole Miss, he's going to have an advantage having played under Miami's running back coach, Kevin Smith, who was at Ole Miss with him last year. That Kevin Smith, or sorry, uh, Henry Parrish actually comes in because of Kevin Smith probably knowing, you know, what's expected of Miami running backs and the way that they're supposed to play better than the Miami running backs do, right? And you, you could say the same thing here about Jonathan Dennis, that having practiced and worked under Cristobal and Mirabal for the last couple of years, he and Logan Sogopolu are going to have a better idea of what this coaching staff is looking for them to do on that offensive line than the guys who have been here before. So, you know, you don't often say it that guys in the transfer portal are going to have an advantage in learning the system. They don't have to learn the system in this case. They already know it. It's the other guys who are learning it. So that's the transfer portal. We're also always on recruiting watch. And Miami's going after all the whales for the class of 2023. Here's another one that is considering, strongly considering Miami, and he's actually setting his commitment for tomorrow, Tuesday, April 12th, is when we're going to find out where four-star running back Mark Fletcher is headed. That's when he's going to announce. Uh, he had some good things to say about Miami. Now, Miami's one of four finalists here. Uh, after visiting spring practice this past Thursday, he said, I love the U, man. Everybody in there. I love what they're doing right now. Now, he's a local guy, American Heritage Plantation. This man is the total package, Fletcher. Six foot one, 225 pounds. He's only going to get bigger and stronger. Um, of course, you know, Miami's running back room is also really deep. If I can get a little greedy, I think Fletcher would be a tremendous addition here. And the other three finalists here for him, uh, it's Miami versus the Big Ten, basically. Miami, Michigan. Ohio State and Penn State are his four finalists. So he will be announcing one of those four schools this coming Tuesday. We keep our fingers crossed.
Now, when we come back, we have to give some love to Miami baseball. But first, let's give some love to betonline.net. I'm a huge enthusiast of sports betting. Um, I love wagering, and I love betonline.net. Make it your number one source, as it is mine, for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, which are coming up, the start of the Major League Baseball season. We're less than a week into that, guys. Um, No matter how much you think you know, you can supplement that knowledge with betonline.net. Guys, even if you're like me and you're really into it, um, I I realize I am not as well-versed in the trends the info, the type of info that the Sharps use, you can find that at Bet Online. It is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today and you'll thank me later. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Head to Bet Online, where the game starts. Later this week on Locked On Canes, we will be taking a deep dive in recruiting, and we also will be this week taking a deep dive on Mario Cristobal's time at Oregon. Um, Some detailed reactions to the recruiting he was able to do while at Eugene, and also the game day coaching, because I I think that's a big thing, uh, because for as much as we rave about Mario, and I think Mario fits like a glove having him back at Miami, and I think he and Dan Radakovich, the athletic director, and all the great coaches that Mario has brought into his staff, they're going to make the Hurricanes better, no question about it. But I know that there's a lot of nitpicking that happens about what Mario Cristobal has done, uh, specifically during the last several years at Oregon, as a game day coach and the limitations that he has there. So I'm interested to get the whole package, right? Because when you hear the perspective of a Miami guy like me, I'm usually super bullish on Cristobal. Uh, I would love to know the full context and the full story of Mario's time with the Oregon Ducks and kind of put that in a nutshell. So we're going to have an expert on to talk about that a little bit later on this week. So we have a big week of shows coming up. Uh, Don't forget Fridays. We always do our Keeping Up with a Cane. We're going to have a Miami Hurricanes player on this Friday. And something else that I want to start doing this week on the show, and I'm so new at this here on Locked On, okay? This is, uh, I haven't even done a full week of shows yet. This is, uh, or I guess this would be the full week's worth. This is episode number seven. But something I want to start doing, especially since we're going to be um, adding YouTube as well, you're going to be able to see the video in addition to the audio, Uh, I want to start taking more questions and comments from you guys. So we're going to open up the social media channels to that. Follow us at LockedOnCanes on Twitter. You can follow my personal account at Alex Dono, Dono spelled D-O-N-N-O. And you guys are more than welcome 24 hours a day to drop Hurricanes-related questions and comments. And we want to feature some of those on the shows uh, each and every Thursday is when I want to do the listener comment. So that's going to be something we're adding. And, you know, we get so caught up with everything going on with football. It's just an exciting time to be a supporter of University of Miami Hurricanes athletics because not only do we have so much momentum from the football team, you know, the basketball team just had the deepest NCAA tournament run in Hurricanes program history. The baseball team, guys, 13 straight wins now. 13 straight victories, and they have swept three straight ACC series. Miami is now 26-6 overall, 13-2 in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Now, 
coming into this weekend at the light when the Hurricanes were hosting the Virginia Cavaliers for a three-game set, Virginia comes in number three in the entire country, Miami number eight in the entire country, and the Hurricanes take all three of those at home. Six to two win over the Cavaliers on Friday night, five to four victory on Saturday. The lead changed several times in that Saturday game. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and then Virginia scored the first three runs on Sunday. Miami gets five runs in the third, six in the fourth, and the Hurricanes end up sweeping that series. 15-5 to five to complete that sweep. So Miami Hurricanes baseball has arrived now as well. And so, you know, you couple that and triple that with everything happening on campus with facilities. We have the updates and the rumors uh, going around that, you know, even after building the indoor practice facility just a few years ago, Miami wants to revolutionize that and turn their football practice facilities, further construction on it, and basically turn their football facilities into among the very best in the entire country. I can imagine a guy like Coach Cristobal coming over from Oregon. You get a little spoiled when you have all that Phil Knight money over there at Oregon. You get a little spoiled when you spend several years in uh, what are probably top two or top three facilities in the entire country when it comes to the football program. And then you come back over to Miami. The facilities have been improving, but you know Miami's facilities are not in the same conversation with facilities like Oregon and Alabama, where Cristobal also spent time. And, you know, Miami's athletic director, Dan Radakovich, has just been at Clemson for the last decade. And their football facilities are among the very best in the country. So uh, I think there is an appetite there to further enhance the football facilities. I mean, the baseball facilities, thanks to a generous donation years ago by Alex Rodriguez, have really improved and revolutionized in recent years. And they want to keep making these things better and better and better. So that'll do it for this episode. Uh, we're going to have a lot to come later on this week. This is the final sprint before the Miami spring game. So spring football, it's coming to a close in the next few days. Bittersweet, but I cannot wait for Saturday, this coming Saturday, April 16th, to watch the Canes versus the Canes at Drive Pink Stadium and take a look at all that progress from spring football for Miami. So thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.